Welcome to episode 651 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Thursday, February 28th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined by Justin Mason and a special guest, Mr. Matt Thompson from Friends with Fantasy Benefits and Prospects Live. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm excited to be on. Uh, get to talk to Justin on the reg, but not you so much, Paul, so I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm glad to have you on. Justin, how are you doing? I'm excited. I've, I've got a really fun thing going on after this. My daughter is giving a speech at her school impersonating her favorite president, which is also her namesake. So uh, Eisenhower, Eisenhower Mason is uh, uh, giving a speech. That's <laughs> amazing. It's not Record actually that. her name, but yes. I know. <laughs> William Henry Harrison Mason. Yes. I cannot wait to see. Fillmore Mason. She's going to die in yeah. the middle of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's William it's, Henry Harrison Serve 31 days. Anyway, we're talking some prospects today. That's why why we have Matt on, perfect fit uh, with Prospects Live, and of course, uh, work that it does over at Friends with Fantasy Benefits. We're going to talk about a little bit of news, and it actually kind of fits pretty well with talking prospects because the team in question could replace these guys with some interesting prospects. But let's start with a little TGFBI check-in. Justin, don't care about your team. Matt, what you got going with your squad? Why don't you let us know where you picked from, how deep you are, and, and give us an idea of your team. You don't have to run down every pick if you sure. got super into it, but just let, let us know where you're at right now. I'm actually on the clock right now, so we can kind of do a little. Oh, we do a live pick. Let's go. Yeah, but uh, I'm in the 18th round, so I'm one of the oh. blessed. Yeah, my, you are. My league is. Uh, I can't pick out of the three spot. I got Jose Ramirez. The three spot is not a spot I recommend choosing to pick out of. Yeah, uh, it's difficult. Um, I, I dropped the ball on my KDS. I actually got my third choice. So shame on me. What would uh, that have been? What would that have looked like ideally? Now, uh, if, if I got to redo that again, if I had the third pick, I'd go one, two, and probably something like nine. Okay. So you, you've uh, been picking much, much later. Yeah. Um, but call me crazy. I have a corner infield spot to fill. Uh, I'm thinking Kyle Seeger is kind of interesting this year. Um, the lesser Seeger in the fantasy world, but I think he's got some sneaky value. I so- tend to agree. I mean, unless we believe that that he just lost all of his skills, and I'm sure a lot of people in the fantasy community do believe that. Yeah. But you look at what happened last year, and it was a complete fall. It was a complete worst-case scenario. And he still went 22-78, and it was with a 221 average, so you weren't trying to play right. Kyle Seeger. But let's say you had him in like an AL only. It wasn't killing your season. And so you're bou- you're hoping he bounces back to what, like a 255-25-80-80 type of deal? Yeah, and even the way I've constructed my team, I have guys like Jose Martinez, Whit Merrifield, Jose Ramirez, Daniel Murphy, Tommy Pham, David Pro. Well, you could Jesse, take the average. Dusty Winker, and that's the whole point, right. And I need a little bit of power. I can take the average hit. So I'm going to go uh, Kyle Seeger. I like yeah. it. Justin, what, what do you think about Kyle Seeger? We know your thoughts on Corey. You're not uh, so keen on him. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if you said Kyle was the better value, not necessarily better player. Well, he's for sure the player. better value because I don't think but, that uh, – Corey is a value at all. I think he's an overdrive. I, you so what do you think Kyle's going to do this year? You got to think he bounces back to at least like 25 home runs, right? So 25 home runs, 240, 250. It's not like an amazing stat line, but it, fe- it feels pretty stable. He's gotten at least 20 home runs in every season uh, at the major league, every full season at the major leagues. So you, been a great you know, accumulator too. Yeah, he's, he's safe. Okay. I, I think a lot of people are really down on the Mariners. 
which mm-hmm. I, I get because they made so yeah. many trades and traded away, uh, you know, some talent. But that lineup is not like Orioles or Marlins bad. Yeah. It's actually not a bad lineup, really at all. So you're right. I think he's gonna have plenty of opportunity to knock in runs. I think he'll probably still get 80, 90 uh, RBIs. So I I think he is yeah just kind of a uh, a low a low ceiling but high floor kind of late corner guy. Yeah, I, I really agree on that with Kyle Seager. I've been a long-term fan, and now that he's he's so cheap, it's easier right. to jump back in. We spoke about uh, Jay Bruce many moons ago on the on the first base pod, saying that even he's kind of sneaky if he stays healthy. Everyone loves Mitch Haniger. Well, just this last pod, we talked about how Malik Smith was toting a 400 OBP in the second half. Edwin is a little bit of a forgotten guy, too. And now he doesn't go nearly as cheap as a Kyle Seager, but he's completely forgotten about. You know who the sneak tip player is in this lineup? Is Domingo Santana. 100%. Wasn't he like a top. <laughs> oh my gosh, don't do this to me. <laughs> Wasn't he like a top 75 pick yes. last year? Oh my God. And now, I'm, I mean, this... I'm not letting you post this podcast until I get my <laughs> next pick. You can't, you can't see me right now, but I'm raising my hand because I'm the smart one that picked Domingo Santana in the top 75 picks in RDI. Well, Justin and, just then, and I talk about this all the time, this phenomenon of if you don't perform once, off to the gallows. Get the hell out of here. The fantasy community as a whole doesn't want you anymore. They, they write and the, you off for, as dead. And that's well, exactly what's happening with San, Santana right yeah, now. I drafted him, and then the Brewers went out and traded for Yelich and Kane like three yep. days later. So yeah, that's, that's rough. <laughs> that's rough. And obviously his price went down a bit after that. Sure but people were still thinking that the talent would play. He was still like a top 120 pick even once Kane and Yelich were in tow because of Ryan Braun's health. And of course, at the time, it's not like we knew that Yelich was going to become an MVP. Every he was, you know, he was an everyday player. I'm not trying to say sure. people didn't like Yelich, but it was like, well, they'll find time for him, namely in left field for Braun. And Kane is not Mister Health either. Yelich could go Braun to center play first. Aguilar didn't emerge. That's right. Braun was going to play Aguilar first. did not exist. Yep, yep, exactly. And so now Domingo Santana has a free reign over left field in in Seattle to at least do what he can do. And if he flops, that's one thing, but. Uh, I don't think that he's going to. I think he's going to be pretty solid. He's batting six there. Omar Narvaez is a nice OBP guy. D. Gordon at the bottom of the lineup. I refuse to quit uh, Tim Beckham and not uh, acknowledge him for the crap player that he is. And I pretend <laughs> that he is actually halfway decent. So you look up and down that lineup, it's not too bad, which is all to say no. that I, th- I like your Kyle Seeger pick there. Well, all and the I think projections have Domingo Santana hitting at least 18 home runs and stealing at least With six chip bases. With and steal. Yeah. yeah. I'll take the over. I'll take the over on it, too. too. Did we forget he went 30-15 in 2017? I don't. This is your least favorite thing, too, Justin. I, I know you hate this about uh, where the batting averages just don't add up to what the player's done. He's a <laughs> career 261, and all the projections are 230-something. I, and I, I get, like the ATC that... projection. It's 19 home runs, 7 stolen bases, 250. I still take the over. I take the over. Well, he only has them for 124 games, and I'm, I'm sure Ariel would say that if he knew he was going to play Full time, he'd bump that up as well. Gonna, so I agree. Who's going to play over him? I mean, I just nobody. Don't, yeah, nobody. So maybe yeah. you know, maybe we'll nudge Eric and say, shouldn't you bump that up a little bit? Like he's going. Like 
all of them. I'll tell Derek too. I say, you know, why why wouldn't you bump him up? Where's he going to lose playing time uh, for Domingo Santana? So this started as Kyle Seager hype. We kind of like Domingo Santana. We kind of like that whole lineup there. Seattle might be your value lineup of the season. They're, they're, but, uh, they're you, the the Reds of uh, of the American League. Just, ooh, that's that's an interesting it's comparison. Really and they were comp, yeah. yeah, they were a good club last year. What have you done with pitching, Matt? Yeah, uh, you mentioned a lot of your good hitting. What's your pitching looking like? Um, my pitching, I'm not as confident in. I went Blake Snell in the second round, um, okay. and then I, I paired Snell with Michaelis, which I like that a lot. I, I love that combo, yeah. Um, I stole Kenley Jansen later than he should have gone. I got him a pick 93. Um, Dang. Yeah, and then That's- after that... It's That's what I was trying to do. I, I I was trying to get him something like that. He went pick like 70 in my draft. Right. I, I was ready to take that shot if he had fallen a little bit. My draft my draft said, now nah, we're going to value him where he probably mine, should mine be too, on yeah. I threw a dart on you, Darvish, Colin oh, McHugh, and Corbett Burns. Those are my starters right now. I, um, I can get behind that. Well, didn't McHugh have a little scare recently? That was after I picked them. So I figured. I figured. Yeah. Um, yeah, any thoughts to pairing him with Brad Peacock, or is Peacock already gone? Uh, Peacock is not gone. He's a target of mine for sure. I'm looking at someone like Marco Gonzalez next, to be honest. So I want to stabilize my innings. But We love Seattle. Jeez. I actually yeah. kind of sneak tip like Marco Gonzalez, too. I- I've been giving him a closer look recently. This is a new thing where I'm, where I'm kind of bought in. And I read some of my old SP guides well, back when he was a prospect. And I was quite a fan. Now, you're a Cardinals guy. So you were sure. probably intimately familiar with Marco Gonzalez, at least studying him when he was coming mm-hmm. up. And he looked like somebody who'd be a quick arriver, somebody who would get there quickly coming out of Gonzaga. But then injuries struck. It wasn't yep. that he didn't perform. It was that injuries really got him. And then he had a heck of a season last year. And I just don't know that he's getting enough love. I understand the shortcomings, right? He's not a huge strikeout guy. Mm-hmm. But he looks like somebody who should be a, a, a whip addition uh, even if the ERA isn't quite there because he doesn't walk anybody. If he can get that hit rate down below 9 per 9, he's at 9.3 last year, get me something even in the 8s. And I think Marco Gonzalez is like a 115 whip, and then all of a sudden he's an asset there, and then we'll see what the ERA can do. So I like that name as well. Um, do you still do you think he can exceed what he did last year for Marco Gonzalez? I, I think so. He came on strong last year, and then he actually, then he well, he did, and then he fell off the map because I traded for him in a win-now move in a dynasty league. And then after that, he kind of, you know, went went south. But he had a really good season. Uh, he's always had that plus changeup. He's a really good athlete. When he was with the Cardinals, he was one of the best hitting pitchers in the game. But he just never pitched enough for people to notice. Uh, got had a really serious shoulder injury. I want to say it was a labrum injury. It was, uh, it was big time. Yeah. So uh, and the Cardinals have a lot of pitching depth. So he kind of got lost in the shuffle. And then the year he was healthy, before they traded him for Tyler O'Neill, uh, he was. He was set to be out of options that year, and the Cardinals didn't really have a spot for him on the roster. So it was kind of a trade to help both teams at the time. It's a win-win, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a good deal there. So Yeah, and the jury's still very much out on that deal. We'll talk about, well, I wrote a piece on Prospects Live today, actually, that features Tyler O'Neill as part of it. Kind of one of those prospects that's not a prospect, but we really don't know what he is yet. I mean, we exactly. do, but we don't. We need, we need to figure out a catchy fantasy term for these guys. I you agree. We can't say tweener because that's a fourth outfielder that has That's something else, skills. exactly. But I, I came up with a name of, of the piece, though. You did. I asked. I, I couldn't think of an article, so we went, went barely legal because they're not prospects anymore, but they're also I, barely above the limit. I, I like that. I like that because we do need a title because I, I agree. Because technically, I would still say he's a prospect. And I'm sure on, on a team in, in the Cardinals organization, I'm sure they term him that way. But what we right. know in the fantasy market of a prospect is you can qualify for prospect lists. You have a rookie eligibility. So we right. do need a name for something in between. Tweet us. 
uh, at Justin yeah, Mason FWFB, at MD Tomp, that's T H O M P F W F B, and at Spore. Let us know what you think is a good name for those guys who are still very much prospect status, and we don't know what they are yet, but they don't long, they no longer qualify. They've used their rookie eligibility. So there's a Seattle um, Mariner in that list too, as a little tease. So. Oh. <laughs> Well, go read the piece. You love the Mariners. Not, so. I love players like that. Does, does that he model my uh, softball style? No, exact opposite. Oh, okay. he's not. He's not Dan Vogelbach. Uh, I thought you were okay. talking about Vogelbach. Okay. Nope. Good to no. know. He's still um, prospect eligible, believe it or not, Vogelbach. I wouldn't have believed that. That is interesting. Well, I, I think I might know who that guy is, but I, I won't spoil it. Go read the piece. Let's talk about a couple major league pitchers, and and then we'll transition right into our our prospect yeah. chatter here because. Atlanta fans woke up to some bad news, hearing that both Mike Fultonevich is dealing with elbow, elbow soreness and Kevin Gosman is dealing with shoulder discomfort. Now, it's the early stages, uh, but we know that that's going to cause scares throughout. It's going to resonate in the fantasy community. But if there's one thing they can afford, it is pitching injuries. Obviously, you never want injuries, but they're also always going to be there. And they're usually going to be centered around pitching. I can't think of a team better equipped to handle them. So, Matt, I will start with you if you want to give a couple of thoughts on Fulte and Gosman uh, with their health right now. But then transition into who do you like best to replace? Because you have 52,000 names to pick from in their prospects. And, and let us know some of your favorites here. Yeah, well, obviously the we don't know no, enough about it. I know Fultonevich is scheduled to start Today or, or tomorrow, I, I want to say, tomorrow being Friday, I don't know what this is going up, but Friday in the spring training game, obviously that's not happening anymore. He's got some elbow soreness. Luis Gohara has a little, uh, I forget what it was, a little tenderness, I believe, in the arm too. And Soroka uh, already had his shoulder. Soroka's got a shoulder going on too. Um, the, we mentioned their stack depth. I mean, even without those guys, you're still looking at guys like uh, – Bryce Wilson, who's going to be very, very cheap. If you want to take a flyer late, he might work his way into the rotation. He's kind of a big-bodied kid that was kind of ticking into the bullpen with the way the depth chart was shaken out. And Gohara himself, too, was actually probably in the bullpen, too. But Tuki Toussaint's the big winner, I think, short-term, if there is one, which is weird to say. I don't like that term. I need to rephrase yeah, that. Yeah, a winner when you're talking yeah. about injuries. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I feel the same way when I'm, like, talking about it or tweeting about it. I'm like, say, the guy who kind of, you know, is going to assume the role. But I don't like sure. to bask in, in the injuries. We had a little bit of a discussion pre-show about Tuki and, like, I, there's, there's no question about the stuff, right? Three yes. potential plus pitches, the, the fastball, the big 12-6 to six curveball, and the changeup. And, uh, yep. and you know, he'll, he'll, you'll see him on uh, pitching gifts a lot this year. Pitching Ninja will definitely have Tuki Toussaint. But, uh, oh, yeah. P- pitcher List and Pitcher Ninja will have a field day with him. Yeah, and uh, the with, with, thing with Tuki is, like, the only thing he needs to do is throw strikes. I compare him to, like, Alex Reyes in a sense that he's got the electric stuff and and he just can't find the strike zone consistently. Now, uh, him getting an extended look in the rotation might be the best thing for him because if he's ready and he's and he's taking stuff forward and starts throwing strikes consistently, he can work himself into that role because my biggest fear with Tuki Toussaint being a Tuki owner in a couple dynasty leagues is this. Say Soroka comes back and he's healthy. Um, and all this other and a couple of the other arms. Soroka's stuff doesn't really play up in the bullpen like Tuki's does. Uh, Tuki's stuff can be electric in short stints, so I feel like he'd be the guy moved to the bullpen if everyone was healthy. But now this all changes things, and now say he has an extended rotation run, he could actually kind of stick in the rotation now. 
um, because he's on the you know on the cusp of the big league. So I'm excited for Tukey. I'm, I'm taking a flyer for sure. Don't go crazy because number one, it could be a limited stint, and number two, he's got severe command problems. But mm-hmm. it wouldn't be the first time we've seen someone like this pop up, right? So it's worth a flyer in every league. Uh, I love 12 this team, stuff. Ten team, fifteen team, worth worth a flyer everywhere. It's just don't invest too much because it might not be as long term as you want in redrafts. Exactly. And then it's particularly in like 10 team, uh, he might become waiver wire fodder at that point. Now, in 15 team, Tuki Toussaint, if he, he leaves the bull or leaves the rotation, he could become that Definitely. Josh Hader middle middle reliever type that you still love to have if, yeah. if the walks are in check a little bit. Justin? He could, he could also just be the closer. I mean, that's true. There's no reason that Vizcano and Minter have it locked off. No, I mean, I love Minter, and I think Minter gets that role full time at some point this year, but. Uh, if we're going straight talent and stuff wise, uh, I'm going to take Tukey over both those guys. So uh, I would agree. The Braves are not a team that's going to care about holding down service time or uh, holding down arbitration money uh, on Tukey if uh, if they think he's the best option coming out in the ninth. So uh, I, I like Tucson a lot, no matter where he ends up. Just don't don't draft him with an idea of a specific role. Just draft the talent and and hope he just stays up in the majors. I, I would agree with that. Um, all right, so what about Kyle Wright, Colby Allard, um, and no longer a prospect. He would fit our, our new name, our, our TBD, uh, yeah. Max Freed. What, what about, you know, any of those guys jumping out at you right now? I think Ian Anderson's a little bit further away, and he's not on the 40. So he and, like, Joey Wentz, I don't think they're in consideration here. But what about Wright, Allard? And, and Freed here. I'll start with Allard because he pitched in the big leagues last year. I mean, he started right. But Colby Allard for me is a guy that he's never really improved since he kind of broke in. He's got the good curveball, uh, but he's a bad fastball guy. Um, and, and that major league hitters can kind of spit on that plus curveball because of that. Um, Kyle Wright is intriguing. Came up to the big leagues last year. Didn't throw a lot of strikes. But again, he was number number five overall pick in 2017. So he's spent less than a calendar year in the minor leagues, essentially. Uh, he should start there this year, but again, all these injuries might change things. I mean, they could also sign Dallas Keuchel, too. Don't, so, I mean, that seems a logical fit, too, if they want to yes. go that route. Really but does. they have some depth. Uh, Kyle Wright has a four-pitch mix, um, and he gets the ground ball tilt, which is nice. So I look at him as a potential rotation piece long-term. I know he was... There's a uh, a trade this offseason in Atlanta with, or with Real Muto, and the Marlins wanted Kyle Wright, and the Braves wouldn't give give him up. So, I mean, that speaks a little bit highly of him when you're talking about a catcher like Real Muto. But uh, it's it's tough to say with what they could do because they have so many options. I like Bryce Wilson the best. I know you didn't mention him there. I, I think he's a big horse that can throw a lot of strikes, get ground balls. Uh, I know I just, I'm just, with you. I just traded for him in RDI potentially fruitful trade if everything works out how we're talking about. But I like him the most a lot out of this group. I mean, he was the guy that was in high A and jumped to the majors last year. Um, so that gives you an idea of the ascension of the stuff. Uh, was yep. a starter and they, through and, and through. they don't hate him, which is kind of a <laughs> – like they, they do not like – they were trying to trade Elard all offseason. I uh, want more teams to start handling pitching prospects like the Braves do. Uh, the Braves push their pitchers aggressively, and I think with the way injuries happen as often as they do, uh, more teams need to do it this way. 
Because you're saving innings for what, essentially? You look at Julio Urias from the Dodgers, right? He was babied and nurtured the whole way, and now look at him. Well, and it's like what, you know, rest is, you know, rest in peace, uh, Jose Fernandez, but what the Marlins did with him. They're like, Push we're him not, aggressively. We're not going right. to waste these bullets. Let's, let's, and I know you, you, uh, Matt, and I both kind of subscribe to the, you know, the limited bullets theory of, the, yep. you know, there's only so many bullets in that arm before, it, you know, it can pop. So why not 100%. get as many of them? out at the major league level as opposed to holding down service time. Look at Honeywell. Honeywell's a guy that uh, sure. everybody was super excited about last year, and then the Rays lose him to Tommy John. So, yeah, just get him up when you can. Let, let's talk some prospect stuff and because uh, you are the lead prospect writer at Friends of Fantasy Benefits. You did all or, well, almost all of our prospect preview uh, stuff in our draft guide, which can be found on Amazon.com. Uh, yeah. And then uh, you you, you guys are doing great stuff over at Prospects Live. If you haven't been Thank over you. to Prospects Live and you play in a Keeper Dynasty League or really even just a redraft league, go over there and check out the amazing work that they're doing over there. Uh, I really can't say enough. Uh, I, I wish uh, you would uh, uh, revamp our website the way you guys set up. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is clean. It is pretty. Yeah. Uh, you guys have videos for virtually every player. Uh, mm-hmm. You're already guys are like like in full MLB draft mode, uh, on top of being uh, like totally ready for everybody's uh, uh, dynasty draft. So uh, I can't say enough about what you guys are doing over there at Prospects Live. But people are here to hear. Uh, people are listening to hear you talk about these prospects that could be have a major league impact this year, and we have to start with Vlad, right? Yeah, that's that's the obvious one. Um, well, because we need to know like. Where you're taking him, right? Because that that's kind of the biggest thing is we all know that he's going to come up and it feels pretty strong to say that it's going to be the, the, the couple weeks sort of deal. But where are you where are you taking him? What do you really see out of Vlad in year one? Yeah, my, my favorite thing about this is it's they're going to hold him down because of defense. You already know it, right? Um, yeah, oh, gonna, oh, for sure. For and sure. in that in that eight game stretch, best, he needs to be the best uh, third baseman he can be. If he's in not on Arenado, he ain't coming up. In that eight-game stretch, he might field 15 ground balls, but hey, that's what he's down there to work on, right? Um, so, you know how. But it's it's funny to look at it that way. But the thing with I mean, everybody knows Vlad, it's the elite plate skills combined with the youth and the, the developing power, which we haven't really seen to full capability yet, like the plate skills. I mean, he had 20 home runs and just over 350 plate appearances in the minors last year. That number doesn't stick out as a huge number, but it is considering the age. Um, and that's, I think that's the most undersold aspect of the, of his game. I, I don't think he's going to come out and hit 40 plus the first year, but if he gets enough time, he should be able to prorate it to a 30 homer season with really good plate skills. I mean, I think a lot of projection systems have him as projected batting average champion, which yeah, I know. is aggressive. <laughs> it's insane, um, but I mean, it makes sense when you see yeah. Steamer was like notoriously conservative. Conservative. Yes. There are some concerns in my eyes about the body. But this is a kind of guy you're not really worried about a position. Um, so it doesn't matter. If he was DH only, I, I still think he's a top 50 pick. So I, I'm not concerned about that. The bat plays anywhere. I do think the hype is a little bit out of control. I do think if he was named, you know, not the son of a Hall of Famer. Because remember, Ronald Acuna last year had the speed component, not the mm-hmm. hit tool component. But he had the power and speed component. And he was going around pick 100 or something, right? And Guerrero doesn't have the the speed to fall back on to guarantee value. 
Um, and there's a chance you could go through a two-week strut, right? I mean, there's a chance you get some bad Babbitt luck and, and don't produce in the batting average as much as you think. And he doesn't have sure. that safety with the stolen bases. And he's still going pick f- – you know, I've seen him going as high as late 20s, I think, in some of the TGFBI leagues. I mean, I think that's kind of crazy. And Toronto's not going to be good. So who's to say they wait? don't wait till May? I mean, I know people would probably riot, but what's he, their incentive? He's, uh, he's current ADP in TGFBI is 43.8. He's gone that's as weird. early as 21st overall. I yeah, yeah, I wouldn't well, do that. Not to pick on that person, but that's kind of crazy to me. There, there's no... Uh, between the, the like two, three weeks or whatever, you know, the, the 13 games or whatever it is versus May, there's no real incentive to do that. No. Uh, the, the only concern, I guess, would be the Super 2, which I just don't see how you can justify it, though, unless no. he somehow started on some awful down streak in AAA this year for Vlad Jr. There's just no no justifying it. I mean, I understand the lofty projections, and I understand folks who don't want to pay for it with, for a guy who's never been in the majors. But you just look at what he's done coming up. We just don't see. He broke the projection systems, and that's why Steamer actually ended up with him as their top uh, batting average guy. You make a good point about the Acuna thing. You know, he was like a, a firm top 100, but he was a good 70 picks cheaper than right. Vlad on average last year. So it is kind of interesting he's going to see where the Eloy, or he was going where Eloy yes. is going now. Yes, yeah. and that I almost. You know, I, love I have Vlad in a couple in a couple drafts. I'm not afraid to take him. But between the two, I almost prefer Eloy because of that price difference. And he still has remarkably high upside as well. And I think they're kind of sneaky out there in Chicago, whereas I don't really see a path for Toronto doing anything sneaky. Here's here's my thing with, with Vlad too being third base. I can't justify taking him over Anthony Rendon. Bingo. I can't justify taking him over A. Eugenio Suarez. Um, and even even Matt Carpenter is, is kind of interesting for me. Um, I would rather personally have those three guys, especially in OBP format, over Vlad. And that's probably makes – which means I'll never get him in a redraft league, which, mm-hmm. okay, that's fine. But, I'd again – take him in best ball. That, that's, take, that's where I've taken him. Taking him over Rendon for me is, is, uh, is a misstep, and that's not what you should do. Agreed. And we, we'd have never taken uh, – Colette and I took him in the third, fourth-round turn – of labor mix, then uh, there's no way we take him if Rendon's there, at least uh, if I have anything to say about it, because Rendon to me is still a like a fringe MVP candidate for crying out loud and uh, yep. somewhat underrated. You know, as far as those early round picks go, those three to fifth round pick types go, I think Rendon is underrated there. But uh, so that's, that's Vlad. Matt's kind of laying off of him a little bit. Just because of the cost. That's yeah, it. exactly. And there are scenarios where I where I jump in, but I'm not all in. I'm not I'm not getting him in every sort of draft type of deal for me with Vlad. It's I, I kind of got my big share right in the labor mixed with yeah. Jason, and that's probably going to be it uh, for me. Perfect spot right there for you guys. To get him. You know who who might even be a a better uh, Acuna comp just in terms of power speed, not so much power, but the speed for sure is Robles. Victor Robles right. now seems to have the clear avenue be a full-time outfielder in uh, in Washington. I Part of me still wants to say that uh, in, until things are completely done, that Harper could still go back there, but that's looking less Giants. and less every day. He's going day. to the Giants. Uh, yeah, Giants, Dodgers, Phillies seem to be the, the three front runners now. So that's that door seems to be pretty well closed. But it's going to be uh, Soto, Robles, e- Eaton in the outfield. Right. The one thing about Robles, though, is it looks like he's going to be batting eighth. So yeah, how do you feel about now. Robles coming into this year? Uh, of course, Eaton's health is is suspect, but what do you, what do you like about Robles? And are you taking him at his current costs? Uh, yes, I'm all about Robles. Um, 
I, I, I love the plate skills, number one. He, the high contact rate is about 82% last year between AAA and the majors. He had the horrific elbow injury. Otherwise, he uh-huh. wouldn't be a – if he didn't have that injury, we would be talking about Juan Soto. We'd right? have never had Soto, yep. And I think people forget so, that. We, like, we'd, we'd have never – maybe a September call-up because Soto might have just been raking so right. much. But we, we would not have really had him if, if Robles comes up and does what was expected of him. Right, and what I think he's going to do this year, too. I, I'm all in. He's a really good defensive center fielder on top of all this. Uh, he's got burgeoning power, though, man. I think that's the most undersold aspect of his game right now. I'm not saying he's going to hit 30 home runs, but I do think he could hit 15, 18, even 20. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's going to steal, you know, hitting eighth it might hurt this a little bit, but I think I, I don't trust Adam Eaton. Uh, I, he's got a proven health record not to trust him. Yeah. Um, they still have Michael Taylor there. So say Eaton doesn't hit or Eaton gets hurt. They slide Taylor into center field, maybe move uh, Robles to right just because or whatever. But also with that, if you pull Eaton out of the lineup, Robles moves to the top, in my opinion. So that is a potential angle to look at. But I think he's a true five-category – well, four-category guy. I don't think he's going to be an RBI guy. But uh, he's a four-category stud. He's got a high floor. Uh, Like I said, the power is a little – he's drawing like Andrew McCutcheon comps like – or excuse me, Starling Marte comps, uh, wrong pirate outfielder, former. Yes, uh, yes. Starling like Marte comp is a really good comp for him. Uh, stolen bases, um, but I think he's got more power, though. Uh, and that home run he hit in Miami last year sticks out to me all the time when he bounced one off the center field sculpture. That's pretty good power for a guy that's not projected to have much. I, tr- so I, think I, uh, I really wanted him in, in TGFBI. I got greedy and, and pushed it one more round. Uh, I was seriously considering him in the fifth, and I I took Order Daniel Murphy. Yeah, I just I I got I got too greedy, thinking that he would make it back because, and you know, I did something that I say don't do, which is uh, trust ADP too much, and I and I got and I got caught doing that because even if I taken him in the sixth as the eighty third pick. For, for, for Victor Robles, that still would have been, um, you know, higher than his ADP. So I'm like, okay, I'm still going to jump him. He's kind of going in the 90s. Nope. He went four picks after my fifth round pick. So about pick 79, 80 uh, is where he went in my draft. And I totally respect the guy who took him because I think that that was a good pick. Uh, I want to get some Victor Robles shares, though, this year. I'm very excited about him. Justin, do you agree with us on... Breaking news. Matt actually just texted me. <laughs> Matt, you want to break the news? Uh, yeah, I didn't know if you guys wanted to do that on the podcast, so I didn't. But uh, Clayton Kershaw had a throwing session today, and he stopped after five minutes. Sweet. Sweet. I don't know what that means. Maybe they just wanted him to throw. Go get well, more Ross couple. Stripling shares. Go get all okay. of the Ross Stripling shares. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> uh, it's being reported. The way it's being reported on, on Roto World is more positive. Saying that he yeah that he made twenty five throws from sixty feet uh, of distance and that it was an encouraging step in the right direction. Sweet, so, so he'll be their closer this year. If the twenty five throws <laughs> only took five minutes, like Which if it possible. wasn't planned for anything more, then it then it might not be such a bad shh, thing. But at least he was shh, back no, out no, there no. throwing. Get your Ross Stripling shares. Would you <laughs> shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> so. Obviously, I, I love Ross Stripling. I had him, you know, what thirty sixth in my latest rankings. And now yeah. everyone, now everyone's crowding my bandwagon. Get off! You guys didn't want on. 
because uh, where's he going to pitch? They have oh, they have all the most injured guys in the universe. What do you mean, where's he going to pitch? He's going to pitch for the Dodgers. I, I like how this is your bandwagon. Plan. This is your. Well, here's the thing. This is yeah. our bandwagon. Don't don't yeah. kick, don't kick me off of this thing. You're the 10-day DL is now the 15-day injured list, so it, the Dodgers that, can't play that game anymore. So. Is that official, by the way? I think it's headed that way. Okay, I know that they were um, talking about doing that so that to prevent some of the manipulation. Ma- Major League <coughs> Baseball <coughs> is like the the people you don't want in charge of your dynasty league, changing rules like all the time, like, yeah, all the time, like right before the start of a season. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, the draft hey, is we're gonna over. We're going to do the DH now, National League. Yeah, like, the only. Just, the like, only sport where the commissioner hates the sport. It's, it's, oh, uh, God. It, it's so bad. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because I was on uh, uh, Visa and Vegas Sports and Information Network this morning with Gil Alexander, and we were just talking about how brutal he is and just how done we are with Manfred. And He hates, he, this. He hates the game he, he's in charge of. It's funny. He, ta- he tabbed it perfectly, and he said that he's into Batman territory, and you never want to be there i'd rather you be firmly in ceiling territory because he might have done some wrong-headed things and presided over the steroid era but it was unquestionable that he at least loved baseball and wanted to do proper things Put the wild card in so yeah i i, I fuck with the wild card so yeah so you know, I, i'm not against that and again this is not pro ceiling but it's a it's a comparison sort of deal and between the two Bring back Steely because Manfred's a, a disaster. But anyway, we got to keep moving on here. We're on a little bit of time limit again today, so we want to get to as many of these guys. Let's jump down a little bit, and, and let's actually kind of bypass some of the guys we've discussed. We discussed Senzel recently. Uh, everyone knows Justin and I love Garrett Hampson. I've preached my love for uh, Luis Arias. I want to talk about Yusei Kikuchi. He had a nice little first start that's getting a little bit of buzz. I think Joey Votto said some really nice things about uh, the deception that he had. We know that <laughs> volume is going to be, you know, limited because isn't he pitching on a on a Japanese-based schedule where he's only going to pitch every sixth day? Okay, that's fine. That's not a limiting factor in today's game. We talk about it all the time about how you can put up a top 30 season with 120 innings if they're good enough. So that's not even something I'm totally worried about. But I want to know is what you think about Kikuchi's stuff, how it's going to translate, and what is real uh, projection should be like. What do you really see? Not, not so much the upside. I just want to know more about what, what is his mean projection kind of looking like for you with Kikuchi? Um, it's a it's a weird thing because the way I approach Kikuchi is it's a like per inning basis because mm-hmm. it's going to be a little bit – I think if you project him out on a per inning basis, I think he can be a number three starter as quickly as this year. But that's the problem with that is they're going to baby him a little bit. I, I Okay, I, I rewind that term, not baby him, but acclimate him to, to stateside ball. And we've actually covered curate him. his innings. Curate his innings. There you go. Um, translate, so to speak. But yeah. uh, we did a couple pieces on Kikuchi at Prospects Live, and Eddie Elmagar, who's one of the best in the fantasy game, oh, uh, so wrote wrote him up, and we did an in depth article. So I'll make sure I tweet that out uh, as the podcast comes out. But we broke him down, and and uh, he's he Eddie put some projections in here and I, I think they're spot on 148 innings, 138 strikeouts, 10 wins, 1.15 whip. So he's going to be an asset there. 3.7 ERA. Um, obviously the caveat that if you're in a quality start league, bump them down because yep. I think the innings are going to take a hit on that. And they also mentioned maybe I don't want, I don't know how frequently this is going to happen, but he's going to start every fifth day, but every now and then he's going to be used as an opener and throw an inning and then leave the game. Uh, oh, okay. I, I actually did not so, know that. So they are going to work him in that way, which is good because you're getting him on the five-day rotation. 
and you're also not. But you know, if you're in a out. weekly, if you're in a weekly lineups league, that can be yeah, really frustrating, especially if they're not announcing things yes. super far in advance. And why would they announce yeah. that stuff? Mm-hmm. Because it's part of the game theory on their end, right? Um, For sure. So the way I look at Kikuchi is this: in a redraft format. I'm not touching him this year, not because I don't like him, but because there's too many question marks for me where he's going. He's going okay. around, uh, pick what, like 150, I'd imagine, and that's too much here. of a gamble. I'd rather take Pavetta. I'd rather take Darvish. I'd rather take uh, – Darvish is even scary, but I'd rather have Darvish. I'd rather take Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, mm-hmm. Sean Newcomb, even John Grave, just because you know what their roles are going to be. Kikuchi, I think, can be better than all those guys listed on a per-inning basis, but that's the thing. It's going to be so protected on the innings-wise that I, I just can't roll the dice. But in a in a dynasty league, I think he has to be your first pick. I see two people getting too cute and not taking him, letting him slide down to four or five because they're rebuilding. Even if you're rebuilding, take the best player and flip him if it's not in your uh, position. I took window. India in both Me, my number two. one spots. So. I love I love uh, Jonathan India out in uh, Cincinnati. There, he's, he's definitely a strong hitter. Three ADP in uh, TGFBI. Dang, for, that's very nice. Kikuchi, so, all right, um, okay. So that's that's you say Kikuchi. Let's talk Lazardo. I just took Lazardo yes. in TGFBI, Let's. and like I need the pitching upside. So Matt, one talk a little bit about Lazardo, but two. Uh, when does he come up, and is he going to be one of those guys that performs right away? Isn't it shocking to hear of all teams the Oakland A's are talking about giving him a chance to break camp? He's not going to, but like they're giving him a chance. There's a, they're like saying all the right things, like oh he could break camp. Um, again, I don't think he's going to in Oakland. I do think he's their best starter as soon as he comes up, and I think that's going to be fairly quickly. Uh, we got to remember last year he was recovering. Last year was his first full year back from Tommy John surgery. Um, and he threw roughly, what, 98, what, 120 innings? Uh, doing, trying to do quick math because of the quick website maths. I'm using. The, web, the website I'm using has it split up by level, not by total. But uh, That must be our website then. It, uh, it is. Yay, uh, company man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the thing with Lizardo is... He's got two two things that I look for in my young pitching prospects and two things that are really hard to teach. And positive command, real plus command of everything, and his best pitch is a changeup also. Uh, he needs a little help on the breaking ball, uh, but he showed a little flashes. But the fastball is 94-95 with some sink. And again, like I said already, he's Oakland's best pitcher when he comes up, and I think they already have acknowledged that with the comments they've made. So I think he's worthy of a – I would take him over Kikuchi – in a sense, in a vacuum, uh, because I think Lizardo has a chance to be the frontline guy that Kikuchi doesn't have. Um, and I think the floor is relatively high, despite being so young and coming off Tommy John, because I think the command and the changeup are there. Um, good ballpark, um, good outfield defense behind him. So I'm, I'm a fan of Lizardo. I might be a little bit aggressive, but I, I well, know what I like. I've seen him a lot. So The thing of it is, Lizardo's going around 220 in drafts with a peak of 185, which I don't think is that out of bounds. Uh, I think you definitely want to take him in a situation where you can, you can stash him because if he doesn't break camp, which is likely, I agree with you there, that he likely won't break camp. And if he doesn't come up right away at that you know 13 game whatever that threshold is there that two week sort of deal then you might be holding him for upwards of a month 
And so that's tougher to do in, say, an FBC where it's just the seven reserves. But if you get a, a deeper reserve than that, or you have DL spots, because the thing of it is you have no DL spots in, in NFBC, and that's really the kicker there with the seven roster, so with, with the seven reserves. You can't take Vlad and then grab Luzardo in NFBC. Yeah, don't And do have an injured guy, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you have to keep. Somebody who's who's really good and, hurt, you know, we'll probably find somebody in March who's a superstar. Or Lindor, let's say, right? Because you have to DL him right away. Um, so... You want to well, be careful with that. Go ahead. Yeah, one quick thing. I left this out, and it's very important to how I look at my pitching prospects, is he was the youngest player last year in AA. Wow. The absolute youngest player in, in AA full-time, and he ended up with a sub-1 whip and a 2-3 ERA. So he's a special talent. And I think he really is. I'm, I'm really excited about Jesus Lazardo. I think he's the best pitching prospect in baseball right now, if you don't consider Kikuchi a true prospect. He is a rookie, but I don't believe that he's necessarily a prospect. It's Lazardo over Whitley for me, and I know a lot of folks go other way or even have Alex Reyes there. Vi- viable options, but Lazardo's well, not actually, the one I guy. I, I think I have Reyes over... I know. I figured you might say that you love Long Reyes. Long term, I have Whitley, but for 2019, if you look at that list I sent you, I definitely have Lazardo, so... Well, let's uh, let's move on to somebody that I really like, and maybe you can either gas me up with my homerism <laughs> or bring me back down. But I'm liking Kristen Stewart, and you I should. feel like he's going to be useful this year as a nice power bat, super, super late. And his average won't be great. I think he's like a 240 hitter this year, but he's a sneak OBP guy. Which, it, And even if you're not in an OBP league, that will help for runs. In a batting average league, but if you are in an OBP league, he becomes even more appealing. He knows what he's doing up there to take uh, to take his walks, and he's got premium power as far as I'm concerned. So I feel like we could feasibly get like a 30-80-240 type of season out of uh, Kristen Stewart in Detroit. What do you think? I don't think that's crazy, Paul. Uh, yes. I, I, li- I like I like the lineup where he's going to be at. Uh, I, let me rephrase. I like where he's at in the, in, yeah. in that lineup. I, I knew what uh, you meant, but it is worth yeah. clarifying before you get the tweets up. Did you just say that you like the Detroit Tigers lineup? No. <laughs> but I think I think he's a sneaky candidate to hit near the top because I mean, last year they had Candelario as the leadoff guy. Uh, yes. He's not cast for that role. Uh, Christian Stewart actually has walk rates that are fitting a leadoff guy. That's but he doesn't have the speed profile that you typically want up there. He's a one-two kind of guy. I think Harrison yeah. might be. I agree with Ross Resource. Harrison, Stewart, Cassianos, like Cabrera, that. Candelario. That's not yeah, a and that's a good spot for him. Yep. Yeah. And I think you nailed it. He's got a high OBP floor. Uh, he gets the bad rap of, I think people assume he strikes out a lot because he's a left-handed power hitter, but he doesn't. That's true. Uh, his, his strikeout rates are, I want to say, just above 20% in the minor leagues, which is manageable. Uh, they'll probably shoot up this year a little bit to about 26, 27%, but I bet you long term it, it I bet you long term he settles in around, you know, upper, uh, lower 20s. Uh, he's that type of hitter. Uh, yeah, if he gets enough playing time, I think the defensive questions are legitimate, though. I think he's a sure. DH. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, my God. that defensive outfield in with the him corner. and Cassianos. Oh my yeah, God, Jacoby Jones. Yeah, Jacoby Jones is, gonna is be a good so... defensive center fielder, but Nico he's going to be run ragged. Right? Goodrum will gonna... play left field, right? Uh, yeah. They well, yeah, they should. Miggy's going to want to play first. Plain and simple. Yeah, they're going to. Gonna... I think they're playing Miggy first. He's going to play first more often than not. I know we should probably right. DH to save him. 
but he's going to play a lot of first. So then that that opens up DH for Stewart, though, and then Goodrum left. I agree that that's how it, it should break down with Miggy playing some DH himself. Uh, but then you got to get Kristen Stewart out there and put Nico they're, Goodrum. They're not going to be a good team, so like they don't actually care the outcomes of games. So True. Like, they're, they're not worried about putting the best defensive outfield out there to make sure they're winning games. So uh, they, they may, may just run him out there when they need to. So uh, but, usually defense matters, but I think it matters less on really bad teams. One thing I will say, though, it, it, thinking about it now, and I hadn't really thought about it till just now, with Stewart and Castellanos probably out there in the corners with some regularity, you got to tamp down some of that Fulmer-Boyd sleeper love that folks are having. Obviously, yeah. I'm a long-term Fulmer fan. Well, that Boyd uh, but, love is stupid anyways. Wanna, I think – Shut but, your mouth when you're talking to me. But I think uh, yeah, Stewart, I got tamped that down a little bit. I think you can look at like a 240 average, 320 OBP, 25 homers. Yeah, I, think I like that. Simple. I think that that's perfectly usable. Okay, so you uh, you you let me you let me live in my hype there for my favorite <laughs> team, Justin. Who you got next? Ooh, why don't we? We mentioned him already. For I was going to make a dig at you, Justin, but I'm not going to. Oh no! I, no I, please, I, please do. The la- I, last episode with Vlad was so much fun. Everybody I, making fun of everything. <laughs> I was going to say because Paul gave me his, you know, his favorite major league ready prospect from his favorite team, and I was going to ask you for yours, but they're <laughs> they don't exist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Is Joe Panic still a prospect? Uh, I, I don't no. think so. He's not even a barely, barely legal or whatever for name sure. we come up with. Chris Shaw, he's like 20% of Chris Stewart. Let's talk Forrest Whitley because Whitley uh, is, you know, one of the top prospects in terms of pitching in the majors, got a uh, suspension for drug of abuse uh, in the minor leagues, so missed some time. Is, especially with the Josh James news and his uh, quad injury, is there a chance that Forrest Whitley could be up early? I think so, uh, but the major concern with me for Whitley is between the suspension and a lat strain last year, he, he, threw, he threw 26 innings. Yeah. Uh, so with a big franchise arm like this, yes, he has the the, the big 6'7", 240 frame. It's an ideal frame, and he doesn't have the, the strike-throwing concerns as typical taller arms do. How many innings can you legitimately expect him to go? Um, especially in the major leagues. He's, he's going to start in the minors. Uh, he hasn't thrown a single pitch in AAA, which doesn't concern a lot of teams. But if you look at Houston, before they call people up, they often make stops in AAA. I mean, they didn't. that's just how they do things. Um, they, they'll touch AAA before they come up. Um, we know the stuff, right? He's got yeah, five damn. pitches, and you know our, Jason Panini, our registered scout uh, at prospects live former scout for a pro team uh has seen whitley numerous times in the afl and before that and he said he has the unique ability that he hasn't seen with anybody in that he has five potential pitches that each start could be a different pitch that he's featuring because everything is so good wow so think about that that is incredible same thing to say because you're talking about a lot of starters we're talking about now struggle to have two pitches he's got five um so think about all that and Obviously, the upside is sky high, and that's why, for me, he's a top five prospect in baseball, despite being a pitcher. That said, this year, I think if you get 50 innings in the big league level out of him, you have to be ecstatic. I I tend to agree with that. That's my main concern with Whitley for this year as well. But you got to keep it in the back of your head that that they can break through those things. More and more these days, we see guys break those traditional you know, path-to-the-major sort of deals. 
And right now, I don't think that the injuries that they're that they're suffered with uh, Joshua James being hurt and even Colin McHugh barking a little bit, I don't think that that opens it up. But you get another injury, or or you know, let alone two, then all of a sudden, I think that their hand might be forced, which right. is it's not impossible because it's pitching; it happens all the time. But right now, I like Peacock, Framber Valdez yeah. to kind of I, I uh, love take Peacock those spots this year. Uh, Me too. Uh, and he did throw in the two point. Yeah, he did throw in the fall league. So I guess add twenty innings to that total, but still the point remains the same. I mean, yeah. he's not going to throw that many big league innings because teams just don't operate like that. We wish they did, but that's but they, that, they, that wouldn't be the smart did. move. If they if he if he threw a lot of innings, I think people would be kind of not that people will say that he shouldn't, but I would be kind of worried about his long-term thing. I think there is something to ramping up innings a lot in one year from one to the next. Okay, well then let me ask this. What do you think about Walker Buehler then? Obviously he's not a prospect, but let's take a quick detour here because you're concerned about those sort of big innings ramps. Yeah, he what did jumped, he do last year? He jumped massively. He had threw 150 in the AAA and majors combined. Actually 153 because there was three – uh, a plus in, uh, high A innings plus the uh, postseason innings, which I'm I'm getting the number right now. But twenty three point two postseason innings. Okay, and guys like Smoltz, and I know he's not falling out of favor a little bit here with some of his. Speaking of guys who hate baseball, but Verlander's <laughs> also said it that you should put an accelerator on those innings in terms of the wear and tear that you're accounting for. You yeah. should put like a one and a half to two accelerator. So even if we just do one and a half with the 153 innings, you're talking about 188 and that's after what 50 the year before or 90 the year before 98. It looks like 98 yeah, innings um, before. So you went from 98 to about 189 uh, of not pure volume, but but of wear and tear. If we're doing the bo- the postseason accelerator, I'm a little concerned. Um, again, though, I, I think he's a special arm, and the smaller frame. It's it's a real slippery slope with 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 what, what I'm trying to say without without saying I don't like him. I am a little bit concerned. Am I extremely more concerned than I am about other people getting hurt for as far as arms? Not really. I, I, he's had Tommy John already, um, mm-hmm. and that's part of it because he's ramping back up from that. Um, so I, I think the Dodgers had a really strict regimen of what they wanted him to do. I mean, you got to remember in 2016, you know, he threw five innings, right? So in, in a big league level, uh, actually was at Vanderbilt. Uh, had Tommy John in 2015 with Vanderbilt, got drafted anyways, came back to five innings. So they've been ramping him up. I still like the stuff a lot with Bueller. I like the delivery. I think it's an extremely athletic delivery, which plays in his favor. Um, the bottom I'm line not, is he's not going to get enough innings. It's y- like, yeah for the every, draft cost. I think the hype's a little out of control. Everybody uh, is tax. Everybody's pushing him up to 170, 180 innings in their projections, and it's just not fair because one. Uh, the Dodgers just don't let guys pitch 180 innings. It just doesn't well, happen. Because they're playing for October, and exactly. it's smart. Like, it makes it makes sense. Like, I get it. I understand it's frustrating. You know, I like so many of their pitchers because they're a good team. They have a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see all of them get a buck 80 plus. Me too. But it makes a lot of sense that they have so many guys that they rotate in because the, the regular season, it matters. They have to make it to the playoffs. I'm not saying they can go full San Antonio Spurs, but they – I have to be smart and make sure that guys have bullets for October. Exactly. 
And and that that includes somebody like Bueller first and foremost, especially with the Kershaw situation. Who do you, who do you guys go? Uh, well, yeah, they might have to rely on him heavier with the Kershaw thing, which is interesting. That's a really good but point do to they, point because out because they still have a ton of guys. Yeah, but guys, but it's fair to say reason, that Kershaw and Bueller are in a different spectrum than a lot of these other guys. Exactly, and the, sure, and the way but you they're, they're they're not worried about. I don't think they're worried about getting caught in that division. They should be. I think I think okay. the Rockies could, but yeah. but the way you can do what you do with Ryu, Hill, Maeda, Stripling, et cetera, et cetera, is to have a workhorse or two up front. Mm-hmm. And with Kershaw not being that guy that we can count on right now, I do think that will sh- to Bueller. So I do think that that's actually a, a mark in his favor for maybe getting the innings at least early on until they but get Kershaw healthy. Kershaw hasn't even gotten the innings the last few years because so he's gotten like, hurt. With the the entire team like. I, I want to say I'm going to double check, but I believe it's there. There's no pitcher on this on this team that has had more than 160 innings in a season since like 2015. Because they get hurt, though. I'm talking about on a per. So if Bueller gets hurt, obviously that throws everything out. But Kershaw was not some five and dive guy when he was pitching. He's the guy who has to save the bullpen, even when he's not putting up the full volume See, in the I season. Think this is just an organizational philosophy. They're not going to let any of these guys go over like one one sixty five. It just. It's I just, think you're missing my point. No, I, th- I, I, think, no I, I totally understand your point. <laughs> I get your point. I'm disagreeing that they they will let him be a workhorse I, at I think all. I don't why you're disagreeing is wrong. Exactly. They don't unless he gets hurt. You can't five and dive everybody. You'll run out of arms. You'll, you'll, and they don't have a good enough bullpen to do it. They got Jansen, Joe Kelly, and what? You know, Scott Alexander's a decent lefty. Pedro, Pedro Baez, Baez, trash, but they, garbage. They've got all anyway, these guys in the they've got Ross Tripling, uh, uh, Urias, uh, Brock. They're Stewart, talking right now. Dennis they're talking Santana. about. They, they've got the all these guys who were major league ready uh, that are projected the, to start in the minor leagues. It, and the I'm way not saying you can rotate f- all of them is so when you have somebody who can go six seven. Regularly, that's going to fall think, to Bueller. I think Bueller's going to go six seven. I just think they're going. I, th- I don't think there's any way he gets thirty starts. Julio Urias will be only if he gets hurt. But the, they, they, they're notorious for, 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 for these fake injuries. Even before the ten day DL, they were they were doing these. Oh, this guy's injured. Oh, we're going to send my Ada down to a ball. Uh, like, well, they've been managing his innings because of his contract. Yeah, that's they're managing. They, they manage everybody's innings. It's it's what they do and what they've done for the last two, three, four seasons. Uh, I I just think that they're going to continue to do that. And I love Walker Bueller. I mean, Matt Matt will tell you. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was talking about Walker Bueller uh, going and seeing a, a relief appearance and just falling in love with him uh, when you know before he before he got moved back up into the rotation for them. I, I love him as a talent. I just don't see the innings. I just don't see it as a possibility. Do you guys welcome terrible puns on this podcast? Of course. You know what his Bueller's first name should be? Striker Bueller. Strikeouter Bueller. <laughs> I hate your puns. I just I love it. I, just, I love it. You know what I that, want to talk that about is though? The worst. I, I want to talk about something on the positive end that's in the news right now. We talked about some of the negative stuff with with Kershaw and then the uh, the injured Atlanta guys. Let's talk yeah. about the guy who's skyrocketing up boards and everybody's falling in love with Mr. Chris Paddock out in San Diego. Had a nice little spring debut. Definitely a lot of folks out there did not know who he was. Don't pretend, folks. Okay. We see you folks out there that, <laughs> saying you loved him forever. You, you know you didn't. 
And I'm not saying that I have, right? This is not me protecting my own bandwagon, but I'm aware of him. I knew, I knew who he was. Uh, and I'm, I'll I'm, be quite honest. I played a lot of Dynasty Leagues, and when his name started coming up this offseason, I was like, who the hell is Chris Paddock? Well, you, I you learned know. about him last year. I learned about him late last year, and, and I'm sure Nick Pollock played a role in that. But, um, you know, don't, don't, don't be a Johnny come lately. If you didn't know a guy from the jump, that's okay. Just say you're jumping on the bandwagon as of February 2019. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I fully mentioned that uh, Nick got me sold on Matt Strom. I'm a recent Matt Strom convert. But anyway, Paddock impressed with a little, little couple inning debut there. But if you go look at the minor league numbers, too, they're pretty oh, impressive. Man. No, the, pretty impressive is underselling it. That, that's true. They're, they're nasty. They're disgusting. They are projection-breaking type of numbers as well. Mm-hmm. He walks literally nobody and disgusting strikeout rates. I mean, just at high last year in 52 innings, 41% strikeout rate, 2% walk yep. rate. Yep. Small sample all day, but that's fifty-two innings. That's not that's not two starts. That's ten starts of he walking two percent. He threw ninety innings total last year, and he had a thirty-five point three percent K rate and a two point four percent walk. <laughs> that's insane. He's never had a walk rate above five and a half percent. Nope. Um, at any, and at any level, and that was in fourteen innings. All the others have been lower in more innings at at his stops. So here's the thing with Paddock. Missed some time due to injury. Missed all of 2017. Tommy but he is going to be 23. Uh, yeah, so he had a Tommy John in 2017. But he is gonna, he's going into his age 23 season. And while he hasn't hit AAA, nor has he built up a ton of innings, like you said, it was 90 last year. I don't think this is a guy who's going to be uber-managed to the point where we can't see him relatively soon. But what is your outlook for him as the hype starts to build? Are you the wet blanket, or are you just free-diving right in, free diving right into the hype as well on Chris Patton? I... How do you feel about him? See, not to, you know, celebrate us over at Prospects Live, but on f- February 10th, so before his... Celebrate, celebrate, man. Before his uh, spring training debut, which has everyone talking, my boy Ralph Lifshitz over there, Prospect Jesus on Twitter, wrote a planting flags as one of our uh, segments. Uh, you pick a player and you you make a statement, a bold statement about him, not one that's like got a 1% chance of happening. Like we don't want that, that stuff. Could, that could happen. Yeah. It's maybe more of a 15%, but it, it's yeah. not out of bounds. And his take is Chris Paddock is the future ace. I like it. And we wrote that down, and he did a very, very good deep – I encourage you, please check this out. I'm going to retweet it as well as the as Eddie's Kikuchi piece. Um, that 29 – or that – the numbers we we gave the parameters: thirty five percent K rate, two point four percent walk rate. We went back. Ralph went back all the way to two thousand and eight through the minor leagues. Couldn't find any comparable ratios, any. And the closest comp he found was in two thousand eight. Madison Bumgarner struck out twenty nine point nine percent while only walking three point eight. So it wasn't that, even, that guy's career worked out all right. He, right, he's pretty and, good. And he walked guys at a 1.5% clip more and struck out guys 6% less than the numbers we're talking about. And that's the, the best and that's that's the that Ralph could find. So what you're saying is Paddock is going to win three nope. World Series He's in the next better than years. Madison Bumgarner, yes. Bokit, Ralph Lipschitz, MVP. and Matt Thompson say yes. that Paddock will win back-to-back MVPs mm-hmm. starting this year. Book it or burn down their site. We I've heard seen, it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of takes on Paddock, and I'm going on a minor, minor – Bring right it. Here. I heard about this. I heard that mm-hmm. this might be coming. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Fire up I, the drama machine. I Let's respect go. everybody out there, first of all. Keep producing content. We love content. Everyone loves content. Um, 
do you you can't watch his two inning. I'm not. I don't want to be on a soapbox and say, "Oh, I'm the prospect guy." Listen to me. But I, we've watched Paddock throughout his minor league starts. MILB TV exists. The Double A feed for the Padres wasn't terrible last year. You could get a pretty good idea of what Paddock could offer. Um, and the changeup is potentially the best pitch in the minor leagues. Um, and the curveball is where the question marks come with Paddock. He needs a little bit better curveball. Um, and I see some question marks about the change, and those are just, no. The changeup is legit. It's a Bugs Bunny changeup. Uh, you ever seen that cartoon where they're swinging four or five times at the same pitch? Like, that's that's what this changeup is. It's, it's legitimately pull the string, that kind of thing. The only concern I have with Paddock, I think the curveball is good enough. It doesn't have to be plus pitch when you have two, two double plus offerings in the bag with the fastball and the changeup. The concern with Paddock for me is the breaking ball, but again, that only has to be average to above. You only have to flash it, right? You have two bona fide pitches like this. My concern with Paddock, and the only concern I have, and it's one that he can answer for me this year, is his ability to go through the lineup two or three times. Because he came back from Tommy John, like I said, he missed all of 2016 with Tommy John surgery, um, was limited in 2017. In 2018, only threw 90 innings. Not only did he throw 90 innings, but his his uh, innings were restricted because he was on a severe pitch count. He was only allowed to go 85, 90 pitches a start, and they would pull him. It was a hard pull, hard number. Okay, uh, Get him out of here. So he has to prove that he can still turn the lineup over two or three times because he was so dominant. If you look at the box score, he wasn't facing a lineup for the full time three times. Like, he just wasn't. Because yeah, he that, never that's went interesting. over six, yeah. And that yeah, certainly he never helps went over with six innings. posting gaudy numbers. And it does. That is true. So you have to put that in consideration. So obviously the numbers aren't, aren't this elite when he's humming at no restrictions, right? But he is a, just – he's the perfect pitching prospect in the sense that he has the command that you can't teach elite level command even watching um the his start the other day um he was hitting the glove right i mean it's 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 pretty evident evident what the delivery is you can make mechanical assessments off that two innings and there's nothing wrong with the delivery but the changeup is his best pitch and i saw some people kind of poo-pooing the changeup a little bit and I, i don't i don't understand that at all um it's it's his best pitch just go back and watch him in the texas league and and he he's got a funny regiment. Um, he's the kind of guy he wears every day that he starts. Uh, he wears a suit and cowboy boots in the minor leagues. Love it, love it. The Chris Paddock, so, wild, love it. So he's that kind of guy. He's a character. Um, he's all business, all business. Chris Paddock. Um, I love this kid, but again, I'm going to kind of be the wet blanket for for 2019 in the sense that he was coming off 90 innings. He's obviously a special arm. Whatever the Padres tell you this year, they're not really going to be competitive. I mean, I know there's a lot of buzz going on around him, but what are oh, they? Oh crap! Looking? He's from Austin. Sorry, uh, unimportant. Yeah. But I was going to say he's oh, definitely from Texas when you said that, and then yeah. he ends up being from from my neck of the woods. I should have went and watched him when he was in high school. Anyway, Paddock, uh, you don't think he's going to be that great this year? Not this year, no. I, I only because the innings. He's not going to sure. be able to get enough innings because he's like I get like I said, coming off Tommy John, they're going to have every reason to be be cautious with him because he's a future frontline starter in my opinion, just not, not in 2019. Okay. I, I understand that. I, I 
do think they can mess around a little bit with the Padres and, and actually be a little bit of a surprise team. Maybe this year's Philly, where they hang around for most of the year with an upside of being this year's Atlanta. Um, definitely, definitely interesting. And I think he's going to get 80-plus innings, but that's still not a ton. So, uh, But Chris Paddock, I like if him. He's, if he's getting eight innings, Paul, where do you, are you drafting him? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good point. He probably needs a hundred plus. It, it would have to be a deeper league. So yeah, I, I, it, I just it, worry it, it's not going to get enough innings to major. League Here's the to thing. Matter. Here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on that answer until about a sure. uh, a couple weeks from now because right. if he continues to perform in spring, and ain't no Luis Perdomo or Brian Mitchell. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you disparage Luis Perdomo? Yeah, that, 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 those guys rate. are not. Blocking him. He's similar now, to Jesus Lizardo in a lot of ways. He's the best starting pitcher in the upper minors of the organization that he's in. It's just well, and whether and on a team that cool. really needs starting pitching. Like Tommy right. John, they're, both, they're both Tommy John guys coming back, both recently. Both had restrictions last year. Both are command and change of guys. Both are the best pitchers in the upper minors on their rosters and probably the major league rosters for both teams. It's just it's just Oakland is in their competitive window and San Diego is not. That's exactly. It. And so we'll, we'll see if they, you know, they've been rumored in some other moves, even even after the Machado move. And we'll see what they do uh, to kind of make themselves better for this year. Lucchesi, I think, is locked in. They really like yeah. Lauer, so as well, I don't love him. I think he's kind of okay. locked in as well. And then I think Strom should be there. So then yes. Paddock can, can kind of compete. So I, I might still draft him if it looks like he's going to be angling toward an April call-up. But I, I, sure. your point is well taken. Justin, let's hit a lightning round here as yeah, we're wrapping yeah. up. Over at Friends Fantasy Benefits, during the month of January, we do what we call prospect minutes, and it's pretty much I throw it to Matt, and he just rambles nonstop about every prospect <laughs> right, in every it. major league system. So we're going to do a version of that, and I'm just going to throw you a name, and you're going to give me a quick rundown on him, okay? Sure, let's do it. So Pete Alonzo. Monster Power. Uh, I'm glad you called him by Pete now, his new name. Um, big Time Power, I... He's kind of blocked now, and it's unfortunate. Um, but 70-grade raw power. Edwin Encarnacion, comp if he maxes out. Danny Jansen. Uh, I love him. I think he's a all-around catcher. He's my TGFBI number one catcher. Um, and I think he's got a combination of plate skills and power that make him viable. Uh, 280 with 12 to 15 homers. Alex Reyes. Uh, Enigma. Uh, my favorite pitching prospect on my favorite team. I hope he starts, and maybe with the Martinez news, maybe he does. Um, if he starts, I think he's got the number one upside. Very, very few guys have Asa, and he's one of them. It's just a matter of keeping the walks down and getting the opportunity. Kyle Tucker. Um, again, uh, blocked by guys like Josh Reddick. And, oh, please. So he's not blocked is what you're saying. Uh, Reddick has two years on his deal. Um, they like Tony Kemp, so I guess he's not really blocked. But the thing with Kyle Tucker is the swing is unorthodox, uh, but I think he's a really solid hitter with strong plate skills, and I think he's kind of getting slept on a little bit in the redraft world. Got some speed, too. Yep, he does. Sandy Al- uh, Alcantara. Alcantara. Alcantara, whatever. Um, this this shout-out goes to Eddie. He's Eddie Elmagyer's boy, who's actually he's a Marlins fan, which I didn't know those existed. Oof, so Poor guy. Um, Alcantara was the guy on the Cardinals when they traded for Osuna that I was not sad to, to lose mm-hmm. uh, because the Cardinals have a ton of pitching depth. Whether it's quality or quantity is up for interpretation. But uh, at the time, he was more quantity than quality. 
the changeup has taken monster steps forward. Uh, the actual season before he got traded in the AFL, he got awarded best changeup by all the managers in, the, in that league, which was something unique because he doesn't really have. He's struggling with the breaking ball. The changeup needs to be more consistent. Velocity was up in his last spring outing. He was sitting 95 last year, and he was up to about 97 consistently. Again, it was a two-inning stint, so I want to see more. But potentially, he's one of those uh, guys that getting traded to a bad team actually gives him a chance to, to start, and it might benefit him in the long run. Yeah, that's interesting. That division's so difficult. What about Brandon Lau? Nice way to pronounce it, clown, uh, on Tampa Bay. Love him. Uh, barely missed prospect eligibility. He's He has it by one at-bat, I believe. He had 129 play, uh, at-bats instead of 130. Oh, wow. So he's, he's barely a prospect, and I love him. I think he's going to break through in Tampa. Is he breaking camp? Uh, no, probably not. Okay, because uh, Ross have... Resource said no, and then I didn't put him as somebody to break and I got some pushback on that. Sorry, this is supposed to be fast, no. but I, I just want to know on that. Here's the thing with him. I think it's it's one of him or an Austin Meadows. One of those two is going to be in the minor leagues for service time things. I don't think they'll okay. I don't think they'll carry both of them. Okay, they will eventually, but not to start the year. Well, let me cheat, Justin. You were going to do the next one, but uh, Nathaniel Lowe, since we're on Tampa Bay, he knows how Love to pronounce him. his last name. What's his What's his 28, uh, 2019 playing time look like? Man, I hope it's I hope it's sooner because I mean they have the illustrious G Man Choi at first. <laughs> Uh, I think Nate Nate Low uh, has significant plate skills and power combination. I think he can be a two eighty hitter with thirty to thirty five homers. Oh. He hit a home run on Twitter the other day. Five fifty. What do you say? They said it went five fifty when you uh, yeah. Judged, yeah yeah after rolling. It was <laughs> it was amazing. After they put it in a car and drove it, it went twenty yeah. miles. But no, uh, it he's got an elite skill of. Uh, hit tool and power that not a lot of prospects have. Yes, he plays first base, so I think people ding him a little bit, but is he all that different than like Matt Olson if he gets time? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I've become a big fan of the Lau Low combo lately, and so I'm eager to see when they come up uh, for the race. Go ahead, Justin. Okay, uh, let's see. We're going to do five more real quick. So I want to throw out some names that maybe people haven't heard much about yeah let's jump a little deeper you, you do you do four and I'm, let me do let me do the last one okay uh well why don't we go with uh Usnel diaz next oh that was mine never mind you get to do all five <laughs> Usnel diaz uh really good play skills i was hang on let's, let's say team for these guys some folks might not know so Usnel diaz baltimore orioles baltimore yes uh i think he's gonna factor into that corner outfield mix him and austin hayes are kind of the guys waiting uh for the essentially just the calendar to move to come up because they're the best corner outfielders on that roster. It's just Baltimore isn't interested in winning. So uh, they aren't going to use them right away. I, I think Diaz has elite plate skills and he's the type of guy whose power is going to take off in the major leagues just because of the swing plane. Um, I don't, I'm not comping him to Mookie Betts and Jose Ramirez, but he's got that type of power that it's going to take the next level at the big leagues. I think. I, so yes, big time. All right. Colin, Poche. Did I, I don't know, did I say that right? Posh? Poche. Callum Poche. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Pitcher. Pitcher. And it's going to be weird because they've already kind of talked about him being the opener, which is why I have put him on that list. Check out his strikeout rates in the minors. Oh, uh, do yourself a favor and Google it. Well, uh, not, at, not at work or do an incognito browser. Mm-hmm. Please. Yeah, you, you need to be with that. Make sure nobody's around. Yeah. Do a couple yeah. looks. <laughs> make sure nobody's around. So and, then, and then. Then take a look at his uh, strikeout rate because it is cartoon. Um, 
And I think in any role, he has value, but if they want to use him as an opener, but keep in mind, if your league has start limits, you might not want him as much. But True. Uh, True. Right. again, that, that whole opener is breaking fantasy because it's, mm-hmm. it's changing a lot of things. But he's a monster, potentially. Another pitcher, uh, but this one for the Angels, Griffin Canning. Um, athletic delivery, UCLA kid, uh, probably a mid-rotation guy. With the way the Angels churn through pitchers, uh, he could definitely be up sooner rather than later. Uh, I was in AAA last year, so he's knocking on the door. Mm, one more pitcher, uh, Logan Allen, San Diego Padres. Same same kind of deal. Uh, he's in was in AAA last year for San Diego, obviously. I think Paul being six foot six has projection to be their five starter. So Logan Allen um, is in the mix as soon as May, I think, to potentially crack the major leagues. Former Red Sox came over in the Drew Pomeranz heist. I mean, I mean trade. Um, and <laughs> wait, they uh, got Allen and Espinosa in that deal. Yes, they did. Oh Dombrowski. my God. For uh, some reason, I thought Allen was part of the Kimbrel deal. My bad on that. Dang, that is a heist. Uh, anyway, you know, what? you know what? I think you're right. Actually. Oh, okay. You are you are right because okay. that's the Kimber. Regardless, uh, either way, yeah, up, they've they've taken a lot from the Red Sox. Is the point? He's going to be up this year um, sooner rather than later, I think, because he doesn't really have the the super ceiling like we talked about with a few other guys. So I think San Diego might push him up a little quicker. All right, and last but not least, not even on your list because Ooh, you, uh, off I'm the board, off the board, my boy Joe Adele. Oh, I like this one. Yeah, Let's I hope Joe Adele hope, from the Angels. Hope, hope that he can make an appearance this year because if he does, that means the Angels are competitive and winning. Yes, and that, and and whenever we can get more Mike Trout in prime time, we should we should take advantage of that. Um, and I think the Trout element throws a wrinkle into this too because he might come up like Juan Soto esque as far as Harper. You know what I mean? The Nationals knew their window with Harper might be closing, so they needed to maximize their wins, right? Yeah, maybe maybe that happens with the Angels, and they say, "Oh shit, Trout's might leave, so let's get Adele and maximize what we can." Again, uh, I don't know if that's how they react, and they probably shouldn't handle it that way. But Joe Adele is a special talent, five tool guy. We're talking about a future first round pick in fantasy for years yep. if if it turns out the way that I think it's going to. And he is my favorite player in the minors not justin's so no no oh, okay. no, no okay. Don't, don't do this to me this this is my guy <laughs> you know it. It. go back and look at his high school numbers it's like it's um, like mlb yeah. the show type not even on rookie on uh, rookie ball oh uh, it's like I don't even know if it's possible to get those numbers in MLB the Show, and then go go follow him on they Twitter. Make that a challenge. Yeah. When you play rookie ball, you have to hit like five ninety five with thirty four homers in thirty games, like or something like he did. It was insane. Yeah, it was, and and then and then go watch his workout videos on uh, on Twitter. If you could sculpt the prospect out of clay, that's the guy yes, you're making. This guy is just uh, he is so super athletic. It, it's it's ridiculous watching what he like jumping backwards onto like the top of a car. Oh like, my god! Just I'm like, find those high school numbers because I I, I need them in context. Yeah, um, I, I, I I was hoping to find them on the baseball cube. They I, usually have. I wrote them up numbers. for the Angels. I wrote them up for the Angels. I did prospect live system, so Angels were one of my teams. Um, he hit a cool 562 <laughs> with 25 homers in 35 games during his senior season. Oh my God! This is Joe Adele we're talking about. So five sixty-two, and it's not like it was uh, a poor baseball area either. It's Louisville, 
So, yeah, Ballard, so the, yeah. High School in Louisville, he had a scholarship to join Louisville um, after he made a mockery of the high school scene. But This isn't out I, in Montana, you know, where, where there's no one playing. It's a metro area, and it's a one in the south that's predominantly strong in baseball. 562 mm-hmm. with 25 homers in 35 games. Zips so believes disgusting. he's going to be up. Zips has him with 439 plate appearances this year. I got him projected as. I haven't looked at that. 16 home runs, 11 stolen bases in 99 They don't games. like the slash, but they're, no, they're just conservative no. on he's it. He's still raw. He's still, yeah. he's still a little raw in terms of the hit tool. The hit tool is going to come. Kind of bold on this. I know the age doesn't. Well, he's 19 in Double A. When he got drafted, he was looked at as a really raw prospect, but he's 19 in Double A last year. So obviously, the raw has he's kind of shred shredded that label. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got Ronald Acuna esque upside. And yeah, a lot of the same, really does. A lot of the same issues with Acuna are present in Adele and uh, kind of a little bit of a strikeout guy. Uh, Joe Adele particularly. I, I did such a deep dive on Adele. He he. Just like any 19-year-old hitter, uh, sliders down and away. Breaking balls down in the zone, he'll swing over the top of them. Uh, that's his thing. Ch- breaking balls below the knees, he'll chase. But the hard contact, just by watching him, the sound he makes. He had a base hit the other day in his spring training game um, against the A's. Bases loaded, base hit to left field. He hit the ball so hard that the left fielder fielded the ball and tried to throw out the runner from third base. <laughs> On a base hit ground ball. That's insane. Think about you know how, like, a lot of people, you know, you're, you're looking for the guy from second to score on that? The left fielder scooped up the ball on the contact and tried to throw out the runner from third base on a base because he hit the ball so hard and it got to him so fast. Would you say that Odell can set fire to the rain? And when no. you're looking for a prospect and you're talking to Odell, you say you're looking for someone like you? I hate, I hate you guys. I love, I love puns. And, I, and I then when he hits the ball, when he hits, hand. like, these – tantamount homers he makes the sky fall <laughs> that one was a stretch i hate you guys <laughs> I, I, you think that you think that when you get him and he's all the way up to the league that um you know he'll, you'll be rolling in the deep like roll, when you i was out to make one about like that yeah yeah i do paul i think when he, when he comes up i think the first thing i'll say is hello <laughs> it's, it's me, me. <laughs> All right, I, I hate you guys, and this is this is this is this isn't how we should have ended the podcast. It's, it's exactly really... how we should have ended. This was the perfect ending to an amazing show, Matt. I want to thank you so much no for being on with us. Let people know where they can find you. We mentioned the Twitter out front, but go ahead, re-mention it and let them know about the website. Yeah, Prospects Live, uh, MV Tomp FWFB on Twitter, and like I said, a little shameless plug. We have pieces every day. Our stable of contributors and and co-founders of prospect live i would put up there with anyone it's me myself ralph lifshitz prospect jesus jason woodell jason panini uh lance prosdowski uh, our our draft coverage with kyler peterson a, a relatively unknown new to the scouting game he's killing it uh pretty much him and jp and and all of our scouting looks combined we have over 150 unique draft videos on our youtube page for draft prospects for this year and that's pretty incredible because we just launched in october so we are we are moving quick came uh, out of nowhere and uh, obviously the top prospect in in the in the prospect we, game we did our top 30s by organization every team is done please go check those out we have a top 100 fantasy list out top 100 regular list 
our interactive prospect list with Smata and the Miners. You guys draft. just dropped your top 100 for OBP leagues. Top 100 OBP. Oh, that top is nice. 100. Yep. Uh, first year player draft rankings, Ralph and myself. Uh, you can go out. It's a searchable, downloadable. Everything's downloadable. Uh, everything's Smata, Smata has been doing work with them. And, and it is. Smata's a god with yeah. his ability to make files and such. I, I asked, you know, I told Justin and I were talking about guests, and I said, we need a prospect guy. Uh, no, I couldn't finish the sentence. It's like he was uh, on my computer seeing me type it and not a second later. He's like, Matt, 100% Matt. I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Uh, you, you could have picked any, any of you guys at our site. Everyone's fantastic, and hopefully yeah, we can but, come uh, back. You, you keep the finish. same schedule as us. So yeah, it is keep, keep our wild schedule. And I'm on the clock again in TGFBI, so do you want to oh. talk about my pick? Yeah, let's let's close it up with that if you got if Justin still has a minute or two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got I got five starting pitchers in my queue, so we'll just make it simple. We'll pick out of those. Okay, uh, I've got Tuki Toussaint, Marco mm-hmm. Gonzalez. I'm in round 19, so if it seems early, it's probably it's pick 273. So I think yeah, it's we're, we're we're running late here. Uh, Tuki Toussaint, Marco Gonzalez. Let's keep our Mariners theme. I kind of like him a lot. Kyle Gibson, Justin, uh, oh, my boy. Trevor Williams, and then I have Brandon Morrow. Well, I know who to eliminate. Yeah, Morrow. Brandon Morrow. <laughs> no, Kyle Gibson. No, it is Morrow. Um, I, I actually think Strope's going to keep that job. Justin and I have been talking yeah. about that this winter. Um, I am going to say Gonzalez. I spoke, spoke of uh, him so earlier. We can end on the parents. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I think he's a good pick there. So I'm going to go ahead and say Marco Gonzalez. I'm sure Justin's going to say Gibson. It's Honestly, Gibson. if you went Gibson, I don't think it's a terrible pick, but I'm going to go Gonzalez over Gibson. It's an amazing it's- pick. Not only is he the mascot of this podcast <laughs> – uh, and my boy, uh, dude threw 196 innings last yeah, year. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. It's I mean, raining. Just... That's why he's not here at work today. Uh, honestly, the, the the problem with it, though, is the whip, and that's what you are going to get from Gonzalez. So maybe it depends on what you have with the rest of your staff. Do you need whip or ERA more? And I think Snow, that would be your Michaelis, deciding factor. Snow, Michaelis, Darvish, McHugh, and Burns are my starters, and then my yeah, closers no, he, are he Jansen, doesn't, He doesn't Hicks. need the whip. Jansen and Jordan Hicks, which Hicks might need me whip. So yeah, mm. I think he does need the whip yeah, though. Darvish, go Marco. Go Marco. Darvish is a little bit. We come yeah. full circle. Mariners to start. Mariners to end. So Gonzalez, suck it, Justin. You got kicked <sighs> off the Stripling bandwagon, the Adele bandwagon, and your boy didn't get taken when he was in between uh, him and Gonzalez. And, 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 and I'm gonna make guys a, and, and just, this has been an awful week on this him. podcast. And I'm gonna make a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a joke you might want you might have to edit it out of the podcast, but uh, get to listen to your your daughter Trump make a speech, huh? Uh, Name after a president, right? Trump uh, makes it. <laughs> All right, uh, all right. Uh, well, uh, that'll uh, wrap it up. Yeah. We'll be back another time. Goodbye, everybody. I hate you.